You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car query? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. And here we go. You know, we're going to maybe have to change that intro because aside from the squealing tires, which we will still have down the road, we won't have an internal combustion engine to make those crazy noises. With us today, we've got Eric, uh, Eric Novak in us, he, the Enviro Dad, going to teach us how to be green and uh, save some green at the same time. Well, Eric? That's, that's quite the way to intro me here. And just as we said that, one of the police horses walked right by. Talk about zero emission there. Well, no, no, that wasn't zero emission. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's meth- organic. There, there's methane coming in. That's right. My bad. <laughs> exactly. And then maybe it was because Charlie Dobbins just finished the garden show. She could have used some of those uh, little muffins that they dropped there for that lady with the flower that wouldn't it wouldn't bloom no <laughs> <laughs> all right we've got a great show coming up we've got daniel cashman who's got a business about servicing your car you know because of covid and just because maybe people are lazy or too busy they don't want to leave their house so you he's got a service where they will come to your via house service your vehicle and not just uh you know clean the windows or change the oil but they'll do a little bit more than that we've got maureen harkwell here she's from omvic and uh, we're going to talk about, again, you know, probably not, not so much because of COVID, or, or maybe, but because of the car shortages, people have been having to look elsewhere for cars. Um, sometimes they're, I mean, they look at whatever's available, not necessarily, and that's not necessarily a good thing. There's Eric. a market squeeze for sure going on. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if you buy from the wrong guy, you can get into some pretty deep. Yeah, lots of, lots of mind traps. There. You got to be careful of it. Yes, for sure. And then we've got uh, Rafi Chan from Shift Motors. Uh, another new style of business. Um, we're going to be talking about electric cars. And Rafi has a business where he has actually about 70 used cars. Yeah. And they're all electric. It's um, a really unique sales proposition. This guy is doing something that very few people are doing right now. Now, this is the green business has been yours for many, many years, correct? Well, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been. I, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's sort of been all part of my life. But yeah, I've been communicating, talking about green and uh, autos, and more than that for oh god, fifteen years or so. Yeah, and 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 now we're we're kind of being forced to. Eh, I mean, we're going to talk about that after the break in terms of. The price of gas going mm-hmm. crazy. But you, you would evaluate all kinds of green things, not just cars, eh? No. I mean, I actually am a professor, too. I, I teach uh, sustainability and business uh, at Seneca, and, and I'm always talking about, you know, pragmatic stuff. I mean, I, I might be sort of what you'd call an environmentalist, but I'm right. very pragmatic in the way we look at everyday life. It's not about preaching. It's about sort of showing how the things we need to switch to are really not so scary or bad at all. No, exactly. And as we talked before in the green room, we were saying it's, it's, it's more just that people get set in their ways. Eh? Oh, yeah. 
And it's yeah. not – my mother is a perfect example. Who She's probably listening, and she's going to phone me later to say, why did you say that? But, <laughs> but no, like <laughs> – we, we got her an iPad, and, and we said, but we have to put you online. And, and oh, my God, she said, no. And I said, <laughs> Mom, you don't have to worry. You can't break it, you know. But she just didn't want to do it. You know, getting getting people to adjust to that, it's a it's a crazy time. And uh, but yeah, no change happens. We're going to keep moving forward, and it's really not as scary as I said as people most or most people think it is. There you go. All right, we're going to have to take a break now, and after that, Eric and I will be back talking a little bit about about electric vehicles. If you got a question, you're welcome to give us a call as well. And that's about it. This is Dave's Corner Garage, the electric version, electrifying. We'll be right back. Sure. Well, it's been a real busy week. I hope, uh, Eric, do you have a Lamborghini that you've been waiting for? Because it may not be here so fast. Well, my son would like me to say yes, because he's into that. But no, I'm afraid it's uh, not there yet. Yeah, initially they just they said Volkswagen, and they didn't realize, I guess, how many different lines of vehicles they had. Audis and, and Porsches, and yeah. Yeah, of course, we're talking about the boat that, uh, I guess it just left port. Um, was about 1,000 miles away, and uh, it caught fire. At this point, we don't know what caused it to catch fire, right? No, we don't, and I don't think we will for a long time. Now, now, of course, the world being what it is, and and online folks and who want to you know come up with theories, they're going to suggest all kinds of things. But the reality is, I mean, look, ships are mechanical problems, and there's a lot of possible ways they can catch fire. The problem being overall is that an already choked supply chain. I mean, you know, these are thousands of vehicles. It's not all makes and models, but for someone who's got, you know, been waiting for a, a Porsche or a VW or an Audi, I mean, they're going to go, what, another delay? No, especially if it was really one of the specialty vehicles, like, yeah. you know, factory orders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it could take another two years before they finally get online and... Uh, who knows if they'll even have parts to put it back together again. Well, yeah, and, and we don't know yet what the condition of the vehicles that are on that ship are. I mean... They're, oh, they're gone. <laughs> well, well, you never know. I mean, there they're might toasty. Be, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that could be a great, you know, have I got a deal for you? <laughs> well, that's like, you know, I, I have a marshmallow on a stick and I'm going to put it in the fire. It could be a little bad or it could be charred altogether, which well, I think yeah. is what's going to happen here. Yeah, no, it's it's something else. <laughs> and... Don't worry. The smell will go away eventually. Well, I mean, there's well, it's campfire cologne or something like that, right? That's a real kick in the butt, though. I mean, these people had, you know, because of the challenges with, with deliveries, they were having problems already. And now it's, it's going to be even worse, eh? Yeah, it, it, I can only imagine the folks, you know, on the product planning side here in North America say, well, what else could go wrong? And yeah. it's just, that, just one of those things. Well, you know, we talk about people, you know, thinking theories and, and and perhaps incorrectly and and i i was under the assumption as well that that you know uh lithium-ion batteries could be a source of problems um i did see some crazy youtube stuff where a guy would put a nail or a hammer through a, yeah. a battery pack and it would explode pretty quickly um but but in in actual fact it doesn't happen all that often no and and that's just it look i mean every source of power what regardless of the technology you're driving has you know, flammable risks. Right. You know, a gas engine can catch fire. Now, now we have insulation. We have protection around a gas tank. We have protection and insulation around on your battery supply. So, you know, if it's just sitting on a ship, 
Yeah. If it's just there, I mean, there's no heat. There's nothing to to ignite or cause the problem because heat is the problem with batteries. If it gets overheated, and I, how would you do that in the middle of a cold ship in in the wintertime across the ocean? So you know, if if anyone's floating that around, that's just well, you know. The same thing as I still, I still remember someone talking about uh, during uh, COVID, all the carrier pigeons weren't seen in the sky because that was a good time to recharge the batteries because they were actually spy cameras. <laughs> okay. Actually, I, I heard someone say that if, 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 you know, we had the engineering and the knowledge we, we have now way back when, gasoline would have never been approved as a, as a, as a fuel. Well, this is just it. You know what? When we talk about the evolution of the automobile, mm-hmm. You know, in the 19th century, uh, powered automobiles were originally batteries. Batteries right. were before gas engines. Yep. And it, were, it really wasn't until Henry Ford developed the, the, the assembly line in Dearborn and the Model T. Of course, you get any color you wanted so long as it's black. When, when the economies of scale worked in favor because he chose to take the gas engine and, and batteries were more of a sort of a, a custom mail order service. So, you know, when we're, when we're bringing in electric vehicles today, we're actually bringing them back. We're not, we're not starting the new. Now, as a matter of fact, um, I, on you have a website where you do uh, review vehicles, right? Yeah, well, also my YouTube channel is probably where most of the stuff. I'm doing a little uh, Enviro that is my site, but I'm actually sort of in the middle of a bit of a rebrand. So all my main stuff is on is on YouTube. Plus, I write, you know, I write for the Star and other publications. Uh, getting back to that, um, you just reviewed the Mach E. The, uh, yeah, the, the GT Mach-E. Right, yeah. In the summertime, I, I reviewed the basic Ford Mustang Mach-E, mm-hmm. and then I just had a winter drive with the Mach-E GT. And, you know, the the one thing that is probably the greatest appeal of electric vehicles is the instantaneous torque and power. Right. And when you take a GT badge, and we all know what GT means on a Mustang, mm-hmm. in the electric equivalent... That sucker's a rocket. I mean, you're going zero to 100 kilometers in 3.7 seconds, and right. you feel it right away. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know Brian well, uh, Brian Max. Yeah, yeah, uh, Brian. Eh? But um, but I, I've wondered. But how do they make it stick? Like, how come it just doesn't smoke the tires? Uh, well, I mean, the well, I I could say there's people who have tried. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And it's it's a direct. I mean, the direct connection is there. There's no. Uh, oh boy, we're getting into technicals. You're the more technical guy. I mean, there's a way. There is a way to sort of make it work, but you you have to have your launch control. And of course, there's people have tried. And and there's a little. Oh no bit no of, no uh, no yeah, no! Yeah. You're missing me. <laughs> I, I didn't want to know how to burn the tires off. I wondered how the manufacturer, with all that power, actually was able to stop that from happening. Well, I think but it's I more guess the, it's the direct of, connection. It's a linear connection from the for the battery to the drivetrain, and it's right. you know there is a, there's a. a I'll defer on that. I mean, I, I probably know some answers, but I don't want to explain Well, I guess that. for the most part, it's traction control, better tires. Well, absolutely. I mean, weight distribution. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's a, it's a perfectly balanced, of course, when you have uh, electric vehicles. You, and this is one of the secrets, too, in terms of handling. Uh-huh. They place all the battery packs now below the, the, the seats. It used to be in the beginning, you'd put them, like the Ford Escape right. uh, or the uh, the Ford Fusion, or it was the Ford Focus EV, that's what it was. They put the battery behind the uh, the, the rear seat, so you had right. room for a grocery bag. In the in the rear, right, right, right. Nowadays, they're all low and planted, so you've got this perfect. A Tesla is perfectly balanced. All these EVs, and when you have the weight with the even power distribution, you'll have motors front and back because there's dual motors yes. too, right? Yeah. So you're controlling two motors in one source. It, it's just this absolutely phenomenal drive experience. Um, you know, and in terms of people wondering if it's safe or not, I, um, I read an article this week that police are now 
buying Mustang Mach-E's, and they're outfitting them with push bars and lights and everything. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, the the next story I have to write for Wheels, I'm just going to start writing it next week, uh, the, the mayor of Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, a small town in Nova Scotia, has just announced that they bought a Tesla Model 3 as a police vehicle. Mm-hmm. There is a, a Mustang Mach-E in a, a Repentigny, Quebec. Uh, there are more and more cities. Atlanta had that uh, 10 years ago, so you'll right. see more of it. All right, cool. So obviously yeah. they must work. Yeah. They're reliable. Yeah. Um, and the, the cost of operation apparently is way less than gasoline. Well, I'll read my story in a few weeks and you'll learn more about it. <laughs> All right. We got to run. After the break, we're going to have Daniel Cashman on. He's from Changes on the Fly. Uh, great service he offers. And uh, we'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. I've got Eric Novak here. He's the green man. And, uh, but I'm wearing red today, so just let's be clear. And I, I want to say green in terms of it's not his first time. Uh, he's been in radio his whole life, apparently. 30, well, I got my career started 30 years ago at Key 590 in Toronto. <laughs> Go figure. And you and I met in TV, too, right? So exactly. I was uh, doing auto shop in CB24. Exactly. And but, but we're not doing TV anymore. Could Maybe we don't look as good? Well, look, I still have the hair, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a very low blow there. <laughs> All right, on the phone, we've got Daniel Cashman. He has a service called Changes on the Fly. Uh, you're a fly kind of guy, I guess, Daniel? Uh, I, I like to think so. All right, cool. Tell us about your service. Uh, so we are a completely mobile mechanic service. We'll do anything from tire replacements and repairs to brake work and general diagnostics on your car, and we do it anywhere in the GTA that's convenient for you, your home or office. So basically, uh, you come to wherever the car is parked. As you say, it could be at, at home. It could be in the driveway. It, it could be at, at someone's work. Um, what if they park indoors? Is there any issue that way? Nope. No, we have uh, a couple different types of service trucks, and our smaller, smaller service trucks can fit in underground parking or indoors. Uh, as needed. All right, cool. Uh, Eric's got a question for you, Eric. Yeah, so obviously this is, I would assume, basic maintenance stuff because you're not be able to you're not able to do all servicing uh, at their, their home. Is that correct? No, we do. Uh, that's, that's correct. We do a majority of, of general maintenance and, uh, and preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance is our, our main service, oil changes and fluid top-ups, tire uh, replacements and brake replacements and things like that. Um, Bigger, for bigger stuff, we do have a network of uh, partner shops that we work with uh, to make sure our, our, all of our customers' needs get met. So if you need a hoist and they don't have strong teenagers who can put the car on their shoulders, then that's what you'd probably do. That's exactly right. And we'll arrange to have the vehicle transported there and back for the customer. So the convenience remains the same but and the car gets taken care of. Um, but yeah, you're correct that uh, when a hoist gets needed and uh, that that's there that's available for them. Oh, so question. I, I, I just so my understanding is so even if you use a third party shop, you guys will be doing the ferry service. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, it's built into the cost. So in other words, um, I still don't have to leave my house. That's right. Don't need to leave. You can sit and do your do your work or watch your programs or whatever you want to do, and we'll take care of the rest. Super. You mentioned cost. Um, where do you fit in as far as the big picture on pricing? We're very comparable to your average mechanic shop. Um, you know, set anywhere between forty and sixty dollars for a basic oil change. Uh, hourly rates are, are comparable. Hourly labor rates for any mechanic shop. Uh, so we're right, right, right uh, on par with the rest of the industry. Now, who do, you, who do you find is using your service now? I mean, this this is a we're in an on-demand world. I mean, are you finding there's a sort of a unique demographic that is turning to you? 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the large majority of our service is for uh, fleet, fleet vehicles, um, delivery and logistics fleets and such. Um, your residential people that are using us are really people that uh, really value their time to, to do other things with their time and let us take care of the, their vehicles. Um, so it's people that, you know, want to get some work done at home or want to take their car and park it in their garage at the office. And, you know, if they have a meeting, they just hand off the keys to us and we hand it back at the end of the meeting kind of thing. I'd assume that also if you're doing, say, uh, an oil change or some basic tie rotation on the driveway, once you're gone, I mean, they wouldn't know you're there. It's 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 clean that's coming right. in, clean coming out, right? That's right. We're very clean. We're very professional and make sure that there's no trace of our, our services being left behind. Now, and but what, for the most part, it's a one-stop. So in other words, you know, I call you up, I tell you what kind of car I have, um, and I give you a list of what my issues are. Um, so you're, when your service guy shows up, he's going to have the wiper blades, he's going to have the filters, he's going to have all that with him, correct? That's right. Yeah, we'll have everything with us, um, on, and along with a few other things, just kind of in the on an in-case basis. Uh-huh. Uh, if we find something else, because we we are asked to do general diagnostics sometimes, or just a safety inspection. So we bring other stuff with us, but we also have uh, distributors throughout the GTA that we can quickly pick up parts and get them over to the site as needed. So uh, there's no time wasted, and we don't have to make a second visit generally. And how many, uh, you have mobile crews, how many, uh, how big is your fleet of uh, mobile teams? Yeah, we've got 12 service trucks covering the GTA, so anywhere from uh, Oakville to Ajax and Lakeshore up to, uh, uh, I guess, Thornhill, a little bit further. Now, in terms of... uh they're guys that own expertise. I mean, for example, uh, somebody calls you and said, I need you to come over and, and, and test drive my car. I've got some weird noise. Your guys are capable yeah. to do and diagnose that? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a, we've got licensed mechanics on, on staff. Uh, we've got four uh, apprentice mechanics on staff that are being trained um, and internally trained service techs. We make sure everybody's trained and also has access uh, to call our, our you know more senior technicians with any questions. But... Uh, all of our guys are internally trained and, and very capable uh, to diagnose anything on your vehicle. All yeah. makes and models, of course. All makes and models. Did you? You said all. Oh, so did you really mean all? I mean, we're not we're not getting to the uh, into international five ton trucks and things like that. But you know, any kind of passenger vehicle uh, will happily take care of. Okay, so if my Lamborghini wasn't on that boat and it does arrive, <laughs> I, you'll service it for me. We we stay away. That's right. We do stay away from the supercars. <laughs> so uh, just check out changesonthefly.com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. And if you don't have a computer and you want to use the phone, it's six four seven four nine nine six six five seven. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, take care. After the break, we've got Maureen Harkwell from the from Omvic. She's a big shot there, a COO. She'll have to explain to me what that is specifically, but uh, she... uh, Very important person. Right at the top. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. With me, I have Eric Novak here. And uh, on the phone with us, we have Maureen Harquail. She's the Chief Operating Officer and, two hats, I guess, Deputy Registrar. How are you, Maureen? Good morning. Great to be on your show. Excellent, excellent. You know, uh, cars have been, needless to say, we all know this. In fact, I know somebody's been waiting for a refrigerator for about a year and a half now. Uh, Cars are uh, hard to get. 
And people, especially if they've got an old vehicle, perhaps it broke down, uh, as opposed to someone who's just sort of thinking about it. Um, but people who need a car have been going elsewhere or, you know, they haven't been specifically going to registered dealers. And uh, we've got not necessarily some stories, but some good poners on what they should watch out for. Maureen? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, listen, these are these are difficult times. Uh, we know that and, and we're hearing that uh, there's huge supply issues out there in terms of manufacturers getting uh, vehicles to dealers. So mm-hmm. it, it's a real challenge for consumers to find not only a car, but, uh, you know, one that they actually want and that meets their needs. Um, you know, so when... One thing that that consumers really need to be uh, concerned about is who they're dealing with. And, of course, as OMVIC, the uh, vehicle sales regulator in Ontario, we encourage people in Ontario to deal with an OMVIC-registered dealer. And that will ensure that they get the protections that they need and the support that they need going through the motor vehicle buying process. Um, You know, listen, when, when you're buying a car and you're going into a dealership, uh, what some of the, there's there's some key things that you need to know, and OMVIC is there to provide the information before you buy the vehicle, so that you <laughs> go in knowing what your rights are. Uh, and of course, in Ontario, one of the big big pieces is uh, all in price advertising. Okay, maybe you want to explain that. Um, you know, generally speaking, I mean, you know, I'd go to I'd see an ad for something and go in, and I would expect to pay that on the way out, but that's never the case. Well, and, and our legislation actually uh, really provides some good guidance in terms of what Ontarians uh, are to expect and what the law is on, in Ontario. So right now, when dealers advertise a vehicle for sale, the price must include all fees and charges that they intend to collect from consumers. And the only fees that can be included outside of the advertised price, so in addition to that advertised price, are HST and licensing. That's it. And in Ontario, that's called all-in price advertising, and it's the law here in Ontario. So knowing that, and knowing that there are some uh, some areas of concern, what are some of the perhaps red flags or, or pitfalls that people might be looking out for? Well, I guess one of the one of the things when you're looking at a, an advertisement, whether it's in a newspaper or a magazine or an online uh, advertisement, is who is the advertisement being put in by? So is it actually a dealer who's placed this ad or is it a manufacturer? And the thing to remember is that manufacturers who advertise uh, do not have to comply with all-in pricing. So that's really a big big distinction there that Ontarians need to be aware of. And, and, how, um, and, and how, how would I find that out? Well, uh, advertisements also need to provide the name of of. Who's putting that advertisement? So if you're a a dealer in Ontario and you're placing an ad, you're going to have the name of your dealership there. So if Uh, if you have the Ford Ford advertisement, you'll say there's prices that it's available as, but if it's an ad for, say, dealer X from Ford, then you you see a different uh, criteria there. Exactly, exactly. So manufacturers do not have to comply with all-in price advertising. So that's really the big distinction here in Ontario. So question, Um, just to clear that up then. So in other words, Ford Canada, for example, puts out the ad. It's not going to say available at the following dealerships then, correct? Exactly. And I mean, we've all seen uh, ads on television by, you know, uh, various manufacturers, and they may very well put prices up. and, And that's, that's fine, um, but the key is is that 
that price may not include, may not be all in pricing. So it's very important to identify who's placing that ad. Is it a manufacturer or is it a dealer? Now, question two, um, because of price shortages, not price shortages, car shortages or inventory, um, the manufacturers or the dealerships, I should say, have been trying to maximize their profits. Um, There's no limit to what they can actually charge, is there? There's nothing in Ontario that prevents a dealer from putting a price on a vehicle, and it can be an excessive MSRP. Uh, I think what the important piece here, though, is that uh, it has to be all-in price advertising, so whatever they do advertise has to meet that requirement. Um, And, of course, listen, we know that uh, supply is a key issue right now in, in Ontario, and the market is going to dictate what a vehicle can sell for. Uh, and again, we just want dealers to comply with the all-in price advertising rules. So if you go to a dealership, for example, and they show an admin fee that maybe you think is a little excessive, um, you, you could bicker with them, but they can't sort of say it's the law and that's the way it has to be, correct? Oh, exactly. And uh, I think it's important that uh, if consumers don't feel that, uh, you know, that uh, the dealers are complying with the all-in price advertising or they feel that they're being uh, pushed or strongly encouraged to um, buy a vehicle or that a vehicle has to be purchased with a certain added feature. If they're not comfortable with that, they should walk away. We've got lots of dealers in Ontario and, uh, you know, I, I, dealers need to be, to, or uh, consumers need to be comfortable with the, the buying process. We know this is the really the second largest uh, uh, interaction or, or a purchase that uh, Ontarians will make likely in their lifetime. So if they're not comfortable and they, they have a uh, not a good feeling about an, uh, an interaction with a dealer, then they should leave and they should contact OMBIC because that's what we're, we're there for. We have a consumer support team uh, that is there to help consumers before, during, and after the buying process. And we encourage consumers to, to reach out to us. Just right. a quick little additional point. When, when we often see prices advertised, it's often typically for a specific model or a trim. And I think that's one area of confusion because vehicles could have many trims. Um, it, th- does there have to be accuracy in understanding? I, I guess some customers would go in expecting to get the mid-trim when really the price, uh, it specifically has to state what make or model or trim level it is, correct? Right. It has to be uh, quite, you know, relatively easy for the uh, the consumer to understand that they're buying the... Um, you know, the level one versus the level two trim or, or however it's identified. Um, and I think that's why it's so important if, if consumers really see a vehicle uh, advertised, you know, uh, bring a copy of the ad, take a picture of it, bring it in so that, you know, everyone starts uh, the conversation and the interaction uh, talking about the same vehicle. And then that way it's, it, it, hopefully becomes a better process for for everyone. And as you said, best to do this prior to you actually picking up the car. Listen, absolutely. I mean, uh, before you sign that bill of sale, because as you know, in in Ontario, there is no cooling off period. So once you sign that contract uh, to purchase that vehicle, uh, there is no cooling off period. And you can't think about it over the weekend and come back Monday morning and say, oh, maybe I'm not so sure. Um, you know, that being said, I think there's a lot of dealers out there who understand that uh, consumers uh, uh, may want to, you know, may reconsider their decision. And, and I think most dealers will, will work with consumers to say, okay, you know, listen, let's see if, 
if that vehicle that you signed a bill of sale for, maybe that's not the right one for you. Let's see if we can find you something else. And I think most dealers in Ontario want to keep their uh, customers and they want to keep them happy and they want to keep them as part of the dealership family. But at the same time, as you say, you know, better to find out beforehand than rather trying to fix it afterwards. So it's omvic.on.ca, correct? It is, and we certainly, uh, we also have, as I said, our consumer support team that can be reached at 1-800-943-6002, and we're here for uh, car buyers in Ontario. Great, and uh, for those of that weren't listening that close, if you're going to do it used, make sure it's a licensed dealer as opposed to uh, Bob's cars down at the the donut shop. I know a guy down in the corner. He's got a good deal for you. You know how much money he's going to save you? <laughs> hey, look in my cord pocket here. It's a great deal for you. You want? Yeah. <laughs> Maureen, thank you very much for joining us today. Always great to be here, gentlemen. All right, take care. So it's important. As she said, you know, you're making this huge... It's like... Second to buying a house, it's your biggest purchase. And, and it's often an emotional purchase, which takes the sort of rational thought out of, the, uh, out of your mind. So you got to be careful. Let uh. your brain think, not your heart. <laughs> All right. Speaking of used vehicles, we're going to take a bit of a change here. We're going to be talking to Rafi Chan, who has used electrical vehicles, uh, battery-powered suckers, and um, we're going to discuss why it's a good deal. Should be an interesting shock. We'll be right back. I guess about 100 years ago, people were still driving horses and buggies, and then they had to shift. They shifted from those to internal combustion engines. Mm-hmm. Although Eric said, no, actually the battery car was first. That's right. But then we did that, and now we've gone, we're shifting all over again, and we've got on the phone Rafi Chan, manager at Shift Electric Vehicles. Rafi, how are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys? Excellent. Eric? You know, this is a really interesting uh, business model that you have here. You're you're essentially um, a, a dealer of used uh, EVs, and and the first question, because this is so distinct and unique in the marketplace, is uh, why would somebody consider uh, going for a second-hand EV right off the start? Um, ultimately, I think there's there's a ton of value in in, in used electric vehicles. Um, they don't really degrade the same way. Uh, a regular combustion motor does and and like the the really interesting thing is like if 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 I was to put you in a car with a car, like maybe half a million miles or kilometers on it and and I didn't tell you the kilometers and I took you out you would have no idea the 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 cars are are just so uh much more reliable uh when it comes to the longevity of the vehicles that there's there's a ton of value in them if uh if you're looking for something affordable to get into that's going to save you a, a ton of fuel well, and there's less worry as well. I mean, obviously, one of the advantages of an electric car is there's just far fewer things that you have to maintain and can go wrong with it. So I think if you're looking for a secondhand vehicle, you go to a, like we talked about, one of these suspicious sort of corner dealer guys, and you don't know <laughs> yeah. whether everything is, is legit. But I mean, you know, there's just so many fewer things that you have to consider. And, and I guess the value proposition, because owning a used car and, and owning a used EV has got tremendous cost advantages too, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, the, the the best anecdote I can I can pull up is is my own. I, I drive uh, from Stouffville to Oakville every single day, which which is about a hundred thousand kilometers a year, and I, I think I'm I'm probably anywhere between nine hundred to twelve hundred bucks in, in electricity uh, charging from home, uh, whereas any other car, even even like uh, something that's that's regular, pretty fuel efficient, would probably be at around five to six thousand dollars. 
Yeah, the, the the price, especially with gas now and only going up. I mean, you're probably even furthering the uh, the advantage. What made you decide to take this kind of a unique business proposition forward? I mean, again, it's it's totally unique right now that I can think of. But what was the what was the origins behind it? Well, the the real visionary is Paul, and and he's been uh, invested in in Tesla's pretty much from the beginning. But the way the way we saw it is is that there's just there hasn't been such a, a, a a change in in the market in a really long time with electric vehicles really coming up and shaking the industry up and and there's still a lot of misinformation out there about the vehicles and there's a lot of people that are are, are just pretending they know what what's going on with the vehicles and, and misrepresenting the vehicles so we we really wanted to to step up and bring something to uh to ontario that uh we could stand behind and 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 represent the products and, and educate people which is the most important thing about about electric vehicles and living with them because it we're, we're getting to the point where we're when you're in an electric vehicle there really is no compromise um between a, a gas vehicle which is really interesting and uh the performance of the vehicles are, are just amazing and, and and obviously they're they're technologically advanced too, and, and we're talking safety as well. So I mean, if somebody, uh, you know, obviously safety is a concern, especially you know the older you get, um, there's got to be a lot of reassurance in terms of what you're getting into, in terms of not only being cost effective and good for the environment, but safe. Yeah, um, ultimately, when it comes to an electric vehicle. Um, especially when when it comes to a Tesla with some of the more advanced driver safety functions. Um, When it comes to semi-autonomous driving, which already exists uh, right now, um, you could be uh, an older, an older driver. And if you're, if you're a snowbird or if, if you're making long road trips, semi-autonomous driving uh, with, with its ability to hold the lanes and, and monitor distance, um, on the roads would, would dramatically reduce the levels of concentration you're required um, to, to have uh, and still be able to be on the road responsible and safe. And uh, that's, that's a really, really interesting concept because uh, as, as people age, uh, I think it, it just gets harder because the, the repetitive nature of driving, especially on our roads, is, uh, is quite difficult. Now, question, you guys are having this electric love fest here, okay? But I, a question, <laughs> I, I envision, because as a teenager, I used to use my mom's car and I delivered pizza. Are you trying to tell me that if, if, if Junior takes Mama's uh, Tesla 3 and delivers pizza and beats the crap out of it, it's going to hold up better than a gas car? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the easiest way to think about it is... is it's got know, ball joints, it's got tires, it's got suspension. It's got oh, 20 moving same. parts versus 2,000. always have to be replaced. Uh-huh. Yeah, but when it comes to, when it comes to an electric vehicle, there's, there's no transmission, there's no, there's no uh, explosions happening inside the, the engine at any given time. It, it's essentially just a, a floating shaft. Um, that, that's having an electric current run through it. So the, as, as hard as you can accelerate over and over and over again, um, the vehicle's going to last. You're not going to blow the transmission out of an electric car because it doesn't exist. Now, with respect to warranty, I mean, there are warranties on the powertrains and on, on the battery systems, you know, seven years, eight years. And warranties, if you're buying a second hand, that warranty carries over on the vehicle. Is that correct? Yeah, the warranties uh, follow the, the vehicle and not the owner. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at your website right now. You've got what seventy vehicles in your inventory. I, I mean, where do you find them? How are you getting the? Is it people know that you exist and they're they're turning to you to to uh, offload their uh, their EVs? 
Yeah, we're really lucky with that. Um, Tesla and, 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 and any electric vehicle for the, for the matter is still a tech product, and um, there are very various different levels of consumers. So we, we have those, um, the people that are constantly chasing new technology and they want to go from one vehicle to another vehicle to another vehicle, um, which, which is really common and that's how we get some of them. But we're, we're also sourcing them from everywhere. I mean, we, we try our absolute best to have uh, an example of every electric vehicle out there. But, uh, but, but that's, a, that's a challenge that uh, is, is almost insurmountable. Now, now, just looking at your site, it says you've got 71 vehicles, 63 of them electric, 8 gas. Are these people who are basically giving you your gas and taking an electric and saying, here, sell it? Or, I mean, are they, are they converts? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I mean, initially, it's, it's kind of like when the whole Prius thing happened and, and everybody was like super environmentally conscious and, and it, it was more of a, a decision uh, to, to show how green you were. But like the, the consumer base has really changed. A lot of yeah. people just want to go into an electric car either for the performance, uh, which which is why I did it uh, initially. But uh, a lot of people are just doing it because it's it's the most reasonable thing you can do. I mean, the, the cars really and truly do pay themselves off. Uh, All right, so question. I, I question. I was one of those nervous people that said, "Well, maybe I'll go hybrid before I'll go full on electric." Um, if I have one of those, you'll take it on a trade. Absolutely, I take everything on trade. We have trucks. I'll take supercars. You name it. it. It's interesting with the status. You say I, w- I was on a flight years ago, and I sat beside Rob Blake, the general manager of the LA Kings. And when he found that I was an auto journalist, he wanted to tell me how all of his LA Kings players are driving Teslas because it was the cool thing to do. But you're right. Now it just makes economic sense, and it's practical. And you know, it, it's it's almost like, well, why aren't you driving an EV now? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, to, to give you an idea, like, even an entry-level Tesla uh, is, is almost a four-second car. I mean, you, you, can't even, you can't even buy supercars that are that quick nowadays. So no problem getting um, so. that pizza there quick enough. No, not at all. And, and with <laughs> autonomous technology, I just reviewed the Mach-E GT, and it now has a wireless, where you can drive hands-free and for periods of time and being safe. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Rafi, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, you can find us here at Shift Electric Vehicles here in Oakville, uh, or you can reach us uh, on our sales line at 888-490-6804. Good oh. luck to you. This is really cool. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining us. And uh, there you go. So the even though it's used, it's still got about 80% power. You're still going to get a lot of life out of it. And, and, it's, and uh, a long warranty. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions, and he's doing a good job at breaking through a lot of them. <laughs> All right. Super. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage, the electric version. And uh, we'll be right back after these breaks. All right. This has been an electric kind of show. I've, <laughs> I've been very impressed. And, You're very and, charged up. <laughs> thank you. I uh, want to thank Rafi for joining in. What's his website again? Uh, it was uh, shiftmotors.com. We forgot to ask him why he said shift. I mean, but I can uh-huh. imagine it's a shift in thinking, a shift in consciousness or whatever. There you go. And and, and people, I, and I, I guess I'm like that myself. I don't know. I, I've always been used to a gas car. Uh, I started off with all... With yep. a with sixty two Beetle because it was basic transportation yep. and and it, you know it got, got decent gas mileage it wasn't hard to fix. Uh, Eric uh, Rafi's making it sound like you know, there's not much to fix to begin with. No, and that's just it. You got to remember uh, an internal combustion engine has about two thousand moving parts. An electric vehicle has up to twenty. There's just far less that can go wrong. And you know the reality, as you say, we. One of the reasons why there's been this sort of opposition to moving towards, you know, electric is it's different and it's change. And if there's one thing that humans are reticent to, it's change. So the reality is 
when it's in terms of what's viable and what's ready for you, we don't have a, a knowledge. We don't have a tech problem. We have a thinking problem. So, you know, people like him, people like the folks that plug and drive, another one who's really advocating for EVs, you got to get into one. Mm-hmm. You got to get behind the wheel. You got to take the experience. I remember, like, I've been doing this for, like, 10, 11 years. Right. And when some of the first EVs came out, all my neighbors know what I do because I have different cars every week, right? And they'll check it out. And I remember one time when I had one of the early EVs at my old house, a, a guy, my neighbor came across and said, I've never been in one. I said, let's go for a ride. And and he wanted to get in the passenger seat. I said, no, get behind the wheel. We go around for 10, 15 minutes. We get back to the driveway. Wait, I say, what do you think? And he said, it drives just like a car. <laughs> I, I, well, like, you know. Well, and, and you know what? For younger people, I, I, I don't think this is an issue. I mean, they're just looking for transportation that's reliable. But for those for those folks that have petrol in their bones. Yeah. What about those guys? And again, it's it's a it's a hard shift from what you're used to, and we have a natural tendency to default to what we know and what we're comfortable with. And again, some of this stuff can be scary. I mean, like I mean, think about our parents trying to get onto Facebook, right? You know, right. think about how hard that is. Now we're getting a we're getting into vehicles where everything that we used to know about, you know, the carburetors and the engines and the transmissions is is different. So. There is an apprehension. I get that. But, I mean, once you experience it, it's like, you know, you come to the edge of the diving board and it looks scary. But once you jump in, you said that wasn't so bad. So if you're on a budget and you just took the drill and you made some holes in mom's uh, Chevy Nova muffler, it would sound really mean, right? <laughs> well, you know, this is the thing. I know that's one, like the stealth, the silent part is one of the objections. And there's two points to say. I mean, making an, a silent stealth electric vehicle sound like anything you want, it's just an app and a speaker away under the hood. Mm-hmm. But one of the advantages of that is let's just say you're one of those people that likes to come home really late right. and often gets in trouble because... Done that, done yeah, that. Right, right. So <laughs> the reason why that your your spouse, whoever knows that you broke curfew, is because they hear you pulled in the driveway. But an electric is stealth mode. And people go, oh, I like that idea. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much for me to spouse. It was the, the parents. You well, know? either way. As right? a teenager, which you have one. Yeah, I have, I have well, three teenagers and one preteen. So, yeah, I know what it's about. And they adhere by their curfews? Not every time. They'll tell you yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We want to thank our guests, of course. We had Daniel Cashman. Changes on the fly. Uh, if you need some automotive service, give them a call. They have reasonable rates. They can pretty much do anything in your driveway or in your parking spot at work. I want to thank Maureen Harkwell from Omvic. Uh, some great advice, you know, because of uh, supply shortages, people have been looking to get a deal anywhere. and yeah. uh, She's got some valuable uh, advice right now. Exactly. And, and the most important thing is, you know, she can only help you if you buy from a registered dealer and not from Bob's Big Boy Donut Shop. I got a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> I know someone who bought a car like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 the, and the policeman said, well, where did he live? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we joke, but it's true. You know, it's just like you saying, why is that sign on, the, on a coffee cup says caution hot? It's because people actually forget. It's hot. So, you know, this advice is there for a reason. Exactly. And uh, I also want to thank uh, Rafi Chen. If you are thinking about a used, if you want an electric car, but you're kind of scared because they're, they're not cheap, eh, Eric? No, no. They, they uh, you know, it, it, it can still be up front, the higher things, but you've got to look at the overall cost of ownership. And when you're saving 90% right now or more on fuel and low maintenance, you got to look at the whole package. And when you look at it, the whole total picture, it really is an economic choice. We should ask them, what's um, a used leaf, let's say? That's one of the first ones mm-hmm. that was all electric. How, what's the entry on that? Do you know? You know what? The thing about the, uh, a first-generation leaf is your residual, if you're selling that first-gen leaf, the residual buyback is low. I wrote about this a few years ago mm-hmm. on Auto 
trader. And uh, so your, your, your purchase price is going to be lower. It's not because the car is poor, but because technology gets so much better. So uh, you're probably getting in for like really cheap. I don't know what one would be now, mm-hmm. but uh, you think about how low the entry point is. You're still getting all that maintenance free or low maintenance. You're still getting the zero emission. You're still getting the savings with every kilometer you drive as that second car that just needs to be in the driveway for odd trips or so. It's a fantastic deal. Well, exactly. And and for the most part, if it's a second car, you're not using it to drive your family across the country. No. You know, you're using it to drive to the mall. And, and even even a, a first-gen one with a bad battery is still going to run 100 miles. Like if, if, if it's the kids going to school or, or it's just, you know, going to the grocery store and back, I mean, you know. And, and the other thing, too, is EVs. You can't fill a, a gas car in your driveway every night. You know, you can do that in an EV. You plug in and every morning it's full. Exactly. You don't have to make that special trip. Just exactly. plug it in when you get home. And yeah. in fact, yeah, you don't have to do it every night. No. And then do you, do you go to the gas station when you're at three quarters full? No. I mean, if, if you have ranges on used stuff that are four or 500 kilometers, even 100 and 150, it's a, it's a, you know, you go when it's necessary. You fill it up when you have to. Well, Eric, thank you for sitting in today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. It's been fun. It has. And we're wishing Stevie a quick recovery. He's not feeling too good he's that's our studio audience. right yeah yeah his 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 voice is not there but his his typing skills are good we've seen next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right thank you very much and i thank carlos as well and uh that's a wrap this has been dave's corner garage sticker uh drive safe everyone see the clean side up no the shiny side up and the greasy side down is what dave used to say mind your electric cars aren't greasy underneath are they uh not so much anymore no all right thanks again everybody we'll see you next week okay Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.